Hello, I am Bill Swafford, and it is time to put your investigative mind to work and help solve Cold Ohio. 911, what is the address of your emergency? 111. Officer suspect taking off on my life. Your assistance. Go. In this episode of Cold Ohio, I am going to talk about an ongoing cold case in Preble County, Ohio. Preble County is nothing but small communities. The biggest town in Preble County is Eaton. That is spelled E-A-T-O-N. In the first episode of Cold Ohio, I talked about the Kelly Camargo case that involved both Hamilton and Preble County. I had talked about a road named State Route 127 that connected the city of Hamilton and the town of Camden. Well, if a person would keep driving north on State Route 127, that person would run into the town of Eaton. The town of Eaton has been a growing town for years. And it has a little under 10,000 people that call Eaton home. Back in the late 80s, Eaton only had a few bars, a bowling alley, and a Kmart, which would eventually get replaced by Walmart. So there's not a whole lot to do for fun. As far as work goes, Eaton has its fair share of factory work and other small businesses. This Preble County cold case happened back in 1987, so this was before cell phones and tablets. This was a time that if your home phone wasn't working or if you didn't have a home phone, you had to get out and contact people in another way or have absolutely no contact with anyone, especially if you lived outside of town. On November the 2nd of 1987, Three bodies were found at a cabin on Consolidated Road, just a few minutes south of the town of Eaton. The cabin at the time could not be seen too well from the road. The cabin sat 200 yards from the road. 31-year-old David Smelzer lived at the cabin. I don't know if I pronounced the last name correctly, but it is spelled S-M-E-L-S-E-R. David worked as a plumber's helper for a local plumbing company. David enjoyed hunting and had a goal of someday being a farmer. At this cabin, there was also a barn on the property. Inside of that barn was a trailer of some kind. 28-year-old Donald Marker had been living in the trailer. There would be no running water or electricity in the trailer unless an extension cord was run from the house or the barn for electricity. Donald had been living in Colorado before this, but he had made his way to Preble County, Ohio in April of 1987. So Donald had only been back in Ohio for around five months at this time. Donald had left Colorado trying to avoid going to court over a DUI. He had left his wife and kids back in Colorado. Donald had a job at a poultry plant in Eaton. People from around the area referred to the factory as the chicken factory, basically a place where they would kill and process chicken. People said that the chicken factory was a nasty place to work. The so-called chicken factory is no longer in Eaton. On November the 2nd, 
a man that I'm only going to refer to as Doug, had gone out to the cabin to check on David. David was supposed to help Doug out with something over the weekend, and David had not shown up for work that day, which was Monday. David worked for a plumbing company that was owned by Doug's family. When Doug first arrived at the cabin, he noticed something strange. Doug noticed a vehicle that he knew belonged to a woman named Melinda Newcomb. Doug also did know that Melinda did not know David. Doug knew this because Doug's family owned a rental property that Melinda was living at, and he had also been looking for Melinda because she had not paid her rent yet. Doug got out of his vehicle and walked up to the cabin. Doug looked into the kitchen window. He freaked out and got back into his truck. Now, remember, I said this was before cell phones, so Doug had to leave the property and go to a neighbor's house to call the Provo County Sheriff's Department. The Sheriff's Department showed up at the cabin and had gone inside. They found the bodies of David, Donald, and Melinda. David was lying on the living room floor, face up, with one gunshot to the head. Donald and Melinda was in the kitchen, by the doorway to the living room. They both had gunshot wounds to the head. Melinda had been shot twice in the head. There was no sign of a struggle or of a forced entry into the cabin. The Sheriff's Department believes David was the primary target and that Donald and Melinda had walked into the cabin at the wrong time. This would point to the fact that David had to have known his killer or killers. This cabin was 200 yards from the road. David would have noticed a vehicle's lights coming up the driveway. This was something personal. You just don't go to a house and shoot everyone in the head for no reason. But what was the motive? The Sheriff's Department believes that the killer or killers were already there when Donald and Melinda had gotten to the cabin. Law enforcement knows that Donald and Melinda was at a bar in Eaton called The Stable. I had gotten a little ahead of myself. I forgot to mention that the Sheriff's Department determined that the three victims had been dead for three days, which means that the murders took place on October 30th, a Friday. Donald and Melinda had been at the bar, the stable, and eaten. Melinda had occasionally gone there to play darts. So maybe the killer or killers followed Donald and Melinda back to the cabin from the bar. The sheriff's department believes Melinda, someone who worked at a group home in Eaton for the mentally challenged, was an innocent victim of this crime. Donald did not have a driver's license, so Melinda had at least drove Donald to the cabin from the bar. No one knows why she was with Donald. They could have just met at the bar and maybe was there for, together for a hookup. Which doesn't make her a bad person. The sheriff's department believe that they have a person of interest for this crime, but they don't have enough evidence for an arrest. Doug, the guy who first found the bodies, Doug said that the David's pit bulls was chained up, which was unusual. Doug also said country music had been playing inside of the house. 
The only way Doug would hear this music is if the music was really loud or if Doug had actually been inside of the cabin. But why would somebody lie about going inside of a murder scene? In 1990, the Preble County Sheriff's Department asked the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigation for help. But there was still no luck on the case. The killer or killers had a three-day head start to make a run for it because the bodies were found three days after the murders. This year is 2022, so it has been about 35 years since this triple homicide outside of Eaton, Ohio. In 1987, I would have been nine years old, and I do not remember ever hearing anyone talk about this case. I did not know about this case till I started looking up cold cases online. There has been all kinds of theories and rumors about this case. Some people say that there was corruption and evidence tampering done during the investigation by the Provo County Sheriff's Department. There were rumors that the Sheriff's Department had, for some reason, covered things up and did not want this case solved. The only way I see any law enforcement covering anything up is if one of their own was involved. I cannot say whether or not there was corruption in the Sheriff's Department. However, everyone knows by now that not all law enforcement are good people, and corruption and cover-ups do happen in real life. I found a blog that was done by Donald Marker's widow. In the blog, she had said she had found out that a neighbor had heard gunshots around 11.15 p.m. on October 30th. Out in the country at night, someone could have been shooting at a coyote or something. So, even if the gunshots were reported, there's a chance that there won't be so much effort put into looking into gunshots out in the country because of that. Donald's widow also said she did not have a pleasant time dealing with the Provo County Sheriff's Department. Some evidence had been destroyed. The families had gone to the newspaper and told reports about the treatment they had received from the Preble County authorities. Hopefully when new investigators for the Sheriff's Department look into this, they will take everything very seriously and look into any possible wrongdoing by law enforcement if that is what it takes to solve this cold case. If you have any real information on this case, please contact the Provo County Sheriff's Department. And if you don't feel comfortable with doing that, please contact the Ohio Bureau of Criminal Investigation. If you know any of the family members of the victims, please have them contact me on Twitter or by my email, which is the letter M, the letter I, the letter O, podcast at outlook.com. I would like to talk to them more about this case. I am Bill Swafford, and I have been your host for this episode of Cold Ohio. The Cold Ohio podcast and music was put together and performed by William Swafford. 911, what is the address of your emergency? Where are we? Officer, suspect, take my phone on the line. Need your assistance.